Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. Where else can you listen to Big Brother House Guests, Survivor Castaways, and the Amazing Racer Racers? That's right. Here at the Rad Reality Show Network, and we have so many other guests. Um, tonight, we have special guests. Everyone sit back and enjoy, because you know what? You know what day it is? It's Monday. That means it's Manic Monday, and that means it's time for... everyone. Happy Manic Monday. This is the Rad Reality Show Network. Today is Monday, January 25th, 2016. I'm Cherry Garcia, and I'm so happy to have all of you with us tonight for the Manic Monday Show with our beautiful host, Michelle Costa from Big Brother Season 10. She's also known as the Portuguese Princess from Providence, but on the Manic Monday Show, we call her the best host ever. Of course, everyone knows about the huge storm that just blasted many of the southern states and almost all of the east coast, leaving some cities under more than two feet of snow. Well, Michelle is prepared to warm up your evening tonight with not one, but two hot guys on the show tonight. In the first segment, James Tarantino from Survivor Nicaragua will be joining us and then In our second segment, E.J. Snyder, the skull crusher from Naked and Afraid, will be joining us. So I know the ladies are excited, but I think even the guys have to be excited because these are two guys that are just epic. Um, As always, you can call in 
during the show. If you have any questions or just want to say hi to the guests, dial one three four seven two three seven five five zero six. On the switchboard, please press the number one key on your phone. That lets us know that you're ready to join us on air and you're not just listening to our show from the switchboard. I do have one special announcement that I'd like to make now. Um, Another one I'll talk about a little bit later in the show once our guests have left. But everyone knows Jason Lee, a.k.a. JTV, um, and how much he helps us here at the Rad Reality Show Network. And we absolutely adore him. He's part of our family. He's, air quotes, one of us. And tomorrow is his birthday. So happy birthday, Jason. Um, just want to make sure everybody is prepared to have a rocking good show tonight. Let's start it off with Michelle's intro. Here we go, folks. Hey, Michelle, please don't cry. Let me just get it out of the way, Jerry. <laughs> I'm kicking my feet. I'm kicking my arms up in the air. I'm giving you a visual. <laughs> now I take a sip of my wine and hope the pain goes away. Hold on. Nope, the pain's still there. Wah! Everybody living in Iraq and doesn't know why I'm crying because my Patriots lost yesterday. <laughs> so I'm going to be doing what I was going to be doing February 7th, watching the Super Bowl. And this time around, I'm going to be pissed off. But I mean, we did win last year. We're always in the playoffs, and we're always in the divisional championship, and we're always in the Super Bowl. So I can't be sad, but I am. You have a lot to be thankful for. I know, and I know this is supposed to be Motivational Monday, but it's not starting off so motivational. (laughs) (laughs) So I just wanted to get that out. And uh, if you hear any sniffles, I do, I'm still sick, but it's also in part of my Patriots. Michelle, what would you do if, if what happened to us happened to you? They took our football team away from us, moved them completely out of the state. Oh, my God. It would be just – I couldn't even explain what it would be like here. They would never go out of New England. You know what I mean? I Definitely don't think so, just because of the um, dynasty that they've had, you know. And I know there's been people that wanted to call it the Boston um, Patriots and Rhode Island wanted a piece of it and stuff. And I think we should just leave the, you know, New England Patriots and we'll be fine. But I couldn't even imagine Cherry. I mean, they've 
You guys had the St. Louis Rams for about, what, 15 years now? They give it to you and then they take it away? No. Yeah. I put my foot down and go talk to somebody I mean, about this. The guy that owned it is just the biggest jerk on the planet. He's Walmart money. He married a Walmart. He married into Walmart money. And he owns all kinds of, puts them in other people's names because it's not allowed for him to own all these teams, you know, himself. So he has, like, a hockey team that's in, I think, like, his son's name or, you know, and a basketball team that's in his wife's name or, you know, and... And then he had the Rams, and he hasn't even been seen in this town. He never, ever, like, came to St. Louis and saying, for this town, for the team, anything. And he was named after... He was named after... one of the people that helped make St. Louis. And for him to be such a huge, you know, part of St. Louis and to treat St. Louis the way he did is just pathetic. Now, do you know where these other teams are from? Are they from, like, like the California area where he's trying to keep he has, all the teams he in one has area. an Arizona team, and I think the rest are out in California, if I'm not mistaken. I don't really know. I don't follow him. I don't know that much about him other than what a big jerk he is. I, I'm glad. I'm so happy that I have boycotted Walmart for over, I don't know, probably around 15 years because – he hasn't gotten a penny of my money, <laughs> you know. Good. I've boycotted Walmart for so many years. You know why? But... He took it personally, Cherry. <laughs> I mean, he heard there was a cherry pie in St. Louis area, and he was like, "Oh boy, we got to get her out. We got to get St. Louis out of here because she doesn't go to Walmart." Well, <laughs> I doubt that was why. I doubt but... it. Sounds like a greedy guy, um, though. Oh my gosh, he's just horrible. It's kind of shady that you, I'm, if you think about it, that he has all these teams, but they're not in his name. But he like owns them, but he doesn't like what what is all with the name changing and not hiding around and stuff like that. It sounds like he's he trying to hide his allowed, money. The NFL wouldn't allow him to own the Rams if he owned another team, so he has to put that team in like his son's name uh, and. You know, all the, you know, it's just the way the billionaires do things. Well, I guess if you have a little bit of money, uh, cherry pie, you can do whatever. But it's um, funny, that, well, not funny because, you know, the St. Louis Rams was leaving. But when I was staying with Luan, um, when we went to the finale of Big Brother, there was all this kind of construction going around on his, like, in his area. And, um, this was a, this huge stadium that was being built that he drove me by, and he said, look at this stadium. You see this? He's like, it's going to be built in a couple of years. And I was like, well, it's huge. I said, what is it uh, for? 
he said, well, there's going to be a team from the NFL that's going to come here. I was like, no way. And like literally they were building like highways and overpasses and bridges and everything. And he said, yeah, there's going to be a team that's going to come here. And I was like, well, I mean, are they going to just have a new team? And he's like, yeah, I think that's what they're going to do. They're just going to have a new team, you know? And I was like, oh, interesting, you know? And then come to find out that stadium that I saw is the one that now the St. Louis Rams will be in. Well, they're not going to be in it for a couple of years. They're actually going to be in, um, I think they're using a college stadium until it's built. But I was like, huh, I really hadn't heard that. And, you know, at that point it wasn't even – hadn't even gone through yet. And I said, well, that's kind of a risk to go and build it. But, yeah, it's actually right down the street from Luan's house. They're actually getting two teams. There's another team going out there, The the Oakland Raiders, right? The Oakland Raiders are now going to be the L.A. Raiders again. I mean, that was something that happened many, many years ago. But I believe it's the Raiders, Cherry. Yeah. I tell you, I was – I was not sad to see him go myself. You know, I did, never followed football, so I was never, you know, really all that. I wasn't a, a big fan to begin with, but um, our mayor was so pissed because they asked our town, our city, to to draw up all these plans for a new stadium and had our town spend like $15 million on just drawing up new plans, like if we were to keep them you know, what would we do and, and would we build a new stadium and what would the stadium look like and what grounds would it be on? And we drew up all these plans and decided how it would be funded, spent like 15 mil on wow. all these plans. And our mayor came right out and said, Stan Crocky had no plans whatsoever from day one to ever keep the Rams here. He had to spend all this money for nothing. And he was really pissed about it. And, you know, there's no way to recoup any of that money. He just had to spend it for no reason. And that is how they do things, you know. And a lot of well, you know what, the Chai? door is kind of cracked, you know. Cracked, you know? When, it's, when it sounds like this guy, he's not a real man. He hides behind the money. He hides behind his wife's money, whatever it is. But we got two amazing men coming on tonight that maybe could run circles around him ten times over. And when I say maybe, Oh, my gosh. In character, in character, they wouldn't stand a chance. You know? You know, he wouldn't stand a chance. This guy doesn't have any character in his soul. Yeah. Well, these two guys do. And our first guest is going to be uh, Jimmy T from Survivor Nicaragua. He will be on in a couple of minutes. We'll be talking about Reality Rally. And I'm curious to see what kind of uh, what his thoughts are on um, the Survivor past and that's coming up and also what he's doing now. And we also have EJ Snyder coming up from Naked and Afraid. And I'm excited. He's also on XL, uh, Negative Rate XL in 2015. So he's been a returner. So um, I can't wait to hear what he has to say because he'll be doing Reality Rally. And he's a motivational speaker. So I think uh, he could maybe motivate uh, some of us, if not all of us, to be motivated. 
So you they'll be calling can motivate be calling. anybody. Yeah, <laughs> they both can. I mean, me yes. and him is so funny. I ran into him at the supermarket a couple of months back, um, and uh, he's such a good guy. So I can't wait to talk with them. Um, we also, I want to talk about after um, the big storm, the blizzard, which we, it's called Jonas, which I was a part of. And uh, so while I'm here to talk about Reality Rally Raise Funds, I'm still needing of funds, guys. I've actually donated, like I said I was going to, um, and there's only 15 days left. So if you go on my Facebook page, Michelle Costa, Michelle Big Brother 10, or go on to my Twitter, Michelle BB 10, um, I kind of wanted to play a fun, well, I, I did play a fun, fun game online, and I said, if you're involved in the Blizzard Jonas right now, why don't you donate however many inches of snow that you got? So if you got eight inches, donate $8. If you got 24 inches, donate $24. And if you're in this little part that I saw in Pennsylvania where you had 42.5 inches, well, donate $42.50. Yeah, boom. That's so, a great idea. Yeah, so um, if your team lost, like my team, you know, donate how much points that they lost by or how much points that they need or a lot of them see because you're just upset. Told you I was going to cry. That's a wonderful there. idea. Yeah, so do that. And I also, can I can I do one thing, Terry? Absolutely. I don't want to scare off the listeners. I'm going to pretend like I'm in my shower. And I want to sing happy birthday to Jason Lee. Oh, that so would be awesome. So, so if you have your dogs out, put them in the room. We don't want them howling. But here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Jason T. B. Lee <laughs> Happy birthday to you and many more. Yay! Did we lose anybody? I hope not. No. That was awesome. And you can unmute me now. I'm not singing anymore. Happy birthday, Jason Lee. Thank you for everything you do. You rock. Uh-oh, that's and right, Jason Lee. Uh-oh. That was perfect. All right. And we I, now I have your guest. I was going to say, I have a little bit of a cold still. So I know I got that little Stevie Nicks thing going on. But uh, I also can shake my booty and dance. Shari, did you know that? Of course I do. I've been to a uh, few events with you. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we have somebody that's seen me shake my booty a few times. And uh, so let's bring up our first guest. We have. <laughs> what an intro. <laughs> Mr. Jimmy Tarantino from Survivor Nicaragua. Thank you so much for calling in. You're on with Michelle Costa. Hi, Michelle. How you doing? Hey, Jimmy T. What's going on? I just rushed home from the gym because I had a 7.15 call in, and I was looking forward to talking to you and catching up with you before I see you this spring at Reality Rally. Um, what's going on with you? Nothing. Just welcome back to Manic Monday. Uh, we adore you here. We just think that you're awesome. And, by the way, 
a lot of ladies are thinking you're pretty hot. I bet you didn't know that. <laughs> I find that hard to believe. They must be pretty desperate. I'm, I'm getting old. I'm not the spring chicken I was. Now, 20 years ago, then I was hot. Oh, you are hot tamale. And I was just saying that before, um, I like to dance. And you like to dance, so let's make sure we dance it up at Reality Rally in April. Are you ready for my moves? <laughs> I tell you, I am intimidated. Now, when I'm home in the local club or something like that, I can I can get down. But when, I, when I'm out there with the stars and you have that confidence and the, and the moves, it's a little intimidating. But I try to get my courage up. Maybe I'll have a, a couple of drinks and get my courage up. <laughs> oh, we'll we'll take care of that. Um, Well, you're talking about April, and if anybody out there doesn't know what we're talking about, we're talking about Reality Rally. And um, it is for Michelle's Place, and it helps with those that have been diagnosed with breast cancer to to aid them in in their voyage through it and along with their family. And, Jimmy T., how many years has it been that you have attended Reality Rally? Uh, I think this is my fourth year coming up. They're five years in existence. Is that right? Six, because I've been there for the six years. Oh, then maybe this is my fifth year, because I think I only missed the first year. I remember um, when Jillian came out to my uh, finale and this season of Survivor was telling me about this fundraiser she did, and I I was like, uh, Jillian, I'd love to help you, but I'm really I'm really not good at asking people for money. I'm not really comfortable doing that. And um, so I missed the first year, and then, she, uh, but I I told her if you ever come to Gloucester, I'll come and I'll give you a harbor tour, take you out in the boat, and show you around. So she, uh, she actually has grandchildren that live in Boston, so she was yeah. out here one year, and she took me up on it, and she came out, and once I got to spend a day with her, and she got to tell me I could feel her real passion for Michelle's place, and uh, once I'm so glad she talked me into doing it because I ended up doing a big fundraiser out here raised over $5,000 for the charity. and uh, I don't have to tell you, once you go out there and see this facility and see the difference they make in women's lives, you feel kind of feel obligated to do what you can to help them out, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. You raised $5,000. You're such a show-off. <laughs> well, you know, I, uh, one thing I'm good at is I recognize talent, like you doing your rap out there at Reality Rally. You see the people that are really attracting to others. So what I did was uh, call Bob Crowley, who's become one of my good friends. He, he you know, he won Survivor in Gabon Jillian season. And uh, Jane, who got um, from my season, Jane Hammett Bright was the uh, sprint uh, fan favorite, and she's a sweetheart. So I called up a bunch of people and asked them to come out and help me for this fundraiser. And of course, I know the Wicked Tuna guys, being a Gloucester guy, I know all everybody on the waterfront. So they came out, and there was a lot of a lot of people pitched in and helped. So all I did was round them up, and we had a good time. We had a big party night, and. Uh, raised a lot of money, so it worked out good. Well, a lot of people might not know, but you're kind of like my neighbor, and I know I haven't taken you up on your order, uh, offer yet, but I will. You know I love me some lobster, and I want to see some sightseeing, and I love the ocean, I love boating. But you're in the Gloucester, Massachusetts area, um, so you're you're down the street from me, and uh, so you were able to bring them all down. Were you able to do something like that this year? No, it's a, it's a huge undertaking. I don't have to tell you. You know, you get caught up in life. Oh yeah. And I and I've got several other things I'm involved in, so it's 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 a tough thing to make that happen every year. But um, 
now, now again, I hate to ask people to raise money, so I, I'm raising money by shoveling snow in the neighborhood. I'll tell anybody. I got two or three regular clients, actually. I, I don't need any more, but uh, <laughs> instead of just asking people year after year, do you want to donate to Michelle's place? Do you want to, you know, it, it gets tough. So I like to give something back. So I get a workout, people get the yard shoveled, and uh, Michelle's place gets the funds to help women. So it's a good Absolutely. Work. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to help you and myself and anybody else that's uh, going to be out rally, raise money for Michelle's place. Um, Jimmy P., how can they donate to your page? Uh, can you talk about your Facebook, uh, your Twitter, your Instagram, whatever type of networking, uh, for them to be able to find the link to donate? Yeah, well, I'm kind of a caveman, so I don't do Instagram or Twitter or anything like that. But they could easily just go to realityrally.com. You can check check on the stars list, and I'm in there with everybody else. And they can do, they can donate to you. They can donate to me, as long as they donate to somebody. You know what I like to tell people: it only takes five minutes. And even if you only have five or ten bucks. Dollars. Everybody has a couple of bucks they could donate, and, you, and by the time they're done making that donation, they feel good about it because they make could make that five or ten dollars could be the one that makes a difference and gives a woman a mammogram and uh, helps them or with early detection could actually save a life. So it's so important to just one thing I learned through this whole process, and I'm sure you have as well, Michelle. It's all about the giving. If you do something for somebody else, you're really doing something for yourself because it comes back to you in life. And I like that you brought that up because some people think that they have to donate, they got to donate like a lot of money or they're going to see my my name next to the donation and they're going to see that I donated a dollar. So I don't, you guys, a $1, that $1 could be what helps save a life. You don't have to put your name. You could be anonymous. You could even put your name and be happy because that just shows that, guess what, every dollar counts. And I was saying this, as I say, all the time. I have 14,000 followers on Twitter. If everybody gave a dollar, that's $14,000, Jimmy, right? Think about it. That's crazy that people, and 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 you hit it right on the head. They, people don't want to be embarrassed that they only gave one or five dollars, but those make a difference too. And you're right; they can do it anonymously. It's just the act of giving is a good thing, and it, and it, and it's such a worthy cause. I mean, boy, is there ever a dry eye at Michelle's place when we go out there, oh. go in there, and see the women that are you know going through this? And and thank God they have that place to help support them. I mean, it's amazing, you guys. You get to see every room. You get to see meet the volunteers. You get to meet some of the clients, and they take you through their voyage. And I'm telling you, through my body, I feel everything they're going through, their family, all the help that a lot of times families get kind of pushed to the side or, you know, they're not aware of what they should do or could do. And they get a lot of help, too, I think is important, you know. And, um it is, it, you make sure you bring your Kleenex. But, you know, I did something fun on um, line the other day, Jimmy, and, uh, you know, as well as myself and you, we were involved in this uh, blizzard, Jonas. I don't know how much you got up in Gloucester. How much did you get? We got about six inches, but it was great because I got to be able to go out and 
and do some shoveling, you know. So I, I, I need three or four good storms a winter so I can raise enough funds to get out there with Reality Rally. But I got some other things going, so I Well, will be I, all I did set. something fun because I said, you know, a lot of people are snowed in right now. I said, let me put this online. So what I did is I said, if you're in the blizzard of Jonas like I am, why don't you take however many inches of snow fell in your house and donate that to Michelle's place? So nice. if you're listening and you want to donate under Jimmy T and say you're you're in New York City, donate twenty six dollars fifty cents. If you're in Gloucester, donate six dollars. I mean, it, I, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it really is in the long run. I'll tell you another thing, Michelle. I'll put this out there for anybody who uh, donates twenty five dollars or more, and that's a small price to pay. For I I always welcome people there if they're going to be in the Gloucester area. Um, that I'll take them out on a harbor tour in a Grand Bank story, a traditional fishing boat. It's a good-sized boat. We'll go out to 10-pound island. I'll take them into Harbor Cove. They'll see the fishing boats, fishermen. Maybe we'll even get a haddock from a local fisherman. But I tell people if I'll, I'll roll them around the harbor for a donation to Michelle's place. And, you know, it's, wow. it's a – I can tell you right, I've had great. a lot of survivors out there from uh, Jillian, Tina Wesson, who won Australia – uh, Kelly Remington, uh, Mama C from the uh, this couple of seasons ago. They've all been out to Ten Pound Island with me in the dory, and it, it's always a great time. You know, sometimes I bring cherry stones or a, a pineapple. To Yum! We'll catch some fresh mackerel, throw them on a grill. It's always a good time. You know. You know, my mouth is watering. You know, my favorite is seafood. Anything seafood is my favorite, and I. I don't know if you know this about me, but I actually have been fishing since I was, I can remember, uh, striper, uh, scop, and I did little necks and crabs and uh, oysters and all that kind of stuff. And conks, I did a lot of conk um, fishing. So I love to fish. Are you still doing the fishing thing? I don't. I'm not a commercial fisherman anymore. I'm now a. Uh, there's not. There's not. No fisheries left, really. There's only a few boats. Sad to say, but uh, corporations are buying up the ocean just like they buy up everything else, and they don't need fishermen out there getting in the way of what they want to do. So um, there's very little fishing industry left, unfortunately. But uh, so I don't get commercial fish. It's not consistent enough. So I actually uh, am a seafood inspector for the Department of Commerce now. So. I'm still in cool. Yeah, I've been doing that for about 13 years. I haven't been a commercial fisherman for years, but I'm still out there on the harbor in the dories rowing around. I still compete in the rowing races, you know. You still troll. I know you do. I, I what? You definitely go trolling, right? Where you just sit on the water, you put the fishing poles up, and you just sit, crack open a beer, and you, you wait for the line to... <laughs> Yeah, I usually I usually get trolling for some for people, you know. I I usually get passengers if I'm not training with my uh, dory mate for for the international dory races, then I'm taking friends or family out on the harbor. So I, I'm really I tell you I'm not good at at fishing rod type fishing. I don't I don't have the patience for it. Uh, I'll put a line in the water if I don't catch something in 15 minutes. Uh, maybe I'm uh, what, what do they call that? That uh, problem, you can't sit still for long enough. But I don't have the patience. ADHD. Yeah, I think I'm that. Or ADD. <laughs> you know, are you, are you familiar with periwinkles? Do you like periwinkles? I love periwinkles. Oh, I'm a Sicilian, so we call them babaloojis. 
So we, we, call them, we call them buzios in Portuguese. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, they're delicious. But uh, uh, Speaking of another thing I don't have the patience for. But um, So when I was on Survivor in Nicaragua, they had them there. They're a different type of snail. They're not round like in the northeast here, but they're still sea, little sea snails. So I go, oh, babalooji, because when, when I was a kid, at my grandmother's house, all the cousins and aunts and uncles would sit around. We'd go pick a couple of buckets full of babalujis, and those would go right in the zugu, right in the sauce. So we'd all sit around with pins and pick them all out of the cook. You cook them up, you pull them out of the um, shells and put them right in the sauce with the bias there. It's delicious. Mm. I think you guys oh, wondering yeah. what we're makes, talking about. They're like little mini sauce. snails. They're so good. But unfortunately, oh. I think... Uh, I think that might be part of the reason why I got booted off Survivor. I got a bunch of them and fed them to the people the same day that a lot of people get sick. When you when you go through like eight eight or nine days without the right nutrients, your body kind of reacts, and some people get sick and nauseous. So it just happened to be the day I fed them the, the, the periwinkles, and they said, you, you, "What did you feed us?" They thought I made them sick. <laughs> oh, geez, they're just they should just be happy that you gave me some sort of food. I mean, I would have. I would have been fine on it, but I don't think that they're just used to eating that kind of stuff, so their body right. is probably like, you know, get away. Exactly. Well, it was, it was kind of funny, of Survivor, actually. Speaking of Survivor, right, we had that second chance that happened. What were your thoughts on that and uh, the crew that they picked? And how come you weren't there? I mean, what is wrong with these people? I know, right? Well, I was kind of disappointed because, you know, I got the thing in the mail like everybody did. They sent they sent an email to most of the people that played, would you play again if we do this, if we do that. So, of course, I responded positively because, let's face it, I couldn't do worse than I did the first time. But uh, anyway, I was kind of surprised because I thought I might be in that second chances because the season after mine, they had me out to California again, and I went through the whole process. I was actually ready to go. They were going to do, like, a second chances back then. So I was obviously one of the qualifying candidates or somebody in high consideration because they had me out there ready to go to do that same type of thing. But then something changed. Maybe they couldn't get the people they wanted. So they that was the season they ended up going with Ozzy and Coach coming back that year. So so when they did second chances, I'm, I was kind of expecting a call. because um, So you didn't get any kind of contact for second chances at all? No, well, just the usual one they sent to everybody to see if they were interested. And, yeah, and I was disappointed because um, I was the only one ever actually elected to play Survivor by the American public. I was in a casting call contest, and that's how I got on in the first place. So I thought maybe I had, had another shot, but uh, no worries, man. I'm, I'm surviving every day. I got lots, lots to keep me busy, so uh, it's not not a bad thing. If they ever get around to third or fourth chances, maybe they'll give me a call. Well, I think they I think they're going to do another. I think they'll do another second chance um, season because that one was so well received. Everybody I agree. Loved it was quite. It was season. very popular. And I love it every year. I mean, I, I got to hang a lot of these guys. Uh, you, you know, they had the they call them the Dirty Thirty, which was uh, right. a couple of seasons ago. What a, the blue collar versus white collar versus no collar, and yeah, uh, that's a great gang. 30. I've been able to hang with yeah. them at a couple of events, 
and they're all such good people. Uh, I'd like to see a couple of them back as well. And you've met Jeremy, correct? Who? Jeremy, that one. He's from Cambridge. Oh, Jeremy, that just won this past season. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I've met Jeremy enough to talk to him. I, I don't know if I've even seen him at events. I don't think I've been to any events where he's been at yet. But uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to run into him sooner or later because yeah. you know, we're homies. It's Massachusetts in the house. I mean, come on. You guys got to, like, bump shoulders somewhere. You know, I, I loved watching Jeremy, and I knew he won hands down when he did his final argument. You know, uh, are you a Survivor fan, Michelle? I don't want to talk about Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. No, no, in. no. Hello, I was a Jimmy T fan. Get out of here. <laughs> I've well, been watching, uh, I've been watching so Survivor much. since day one, baby. So you saw Jeremy's season, right? Yes. Did he just absolutely nail it in the final arguments? As good as Spencer is and as as deserving as he was to win, he basically, in the final argument, Spencer says, uh, you know, I came here this season. I really wanted to change and become the kind of person I want to be. And then Jeremy's argument, he nailed it saying, listen, I didn't come here for me. I came here for my family. And that's the kind of person that Spencer does want to be. Jeremy basically said, for me, it's all about my kids, my wife, my baby on the way. I don't care about me. I care about everybody else, my, you know, my family so much more than me. And anybody who, you know, thinks that way, how does your heart not melt for that person and want to see them do well, you know? So he nailed that final thing, and he was hands down the winner from there on. Oh, yeah, yeah, he definitely nailed it. He for sure nailed it. Um, actually, in the next season of uh, Survivor that they actually filmed before Second Jesus, there's actually a Big Brother contestant on there. Did you know that? Yeah, I saw it. I took a glance. I run a little Survivor pool up here with a bunch of friends, and uh, I took a glance at, at, the, uh, at the contestants. It's a dude. He seems like a real uh, confident Caleb. fellow. I don't know the man. His name but, is uh, Caleb. You know, you know, you probably know him, right? You know, you're a cowboy. I've met Caleb before, yes, and uh, I'm interested to see how uh, his big brother uh, ways and his survivor uh, ways how that works out. If he uh, is going to play the same type of game, um, he's very outspoken, very confident, big guy, very muscular, very in shape, and yeah, so. so- uh, and let me give you my first impression. I'm sorry to say, but uh, the kid seems over cocky to me, and that gets that might get you somewhere where there's food, <laughs> and you know, and you can get sleep in a bed at night. But in Survivor, there's every the paranoia is through the roof, and I'm sure it is in Big Brother too. But when you're deprived of sleep and nutrients, uh, your body goes through some crazy changes, and your mind is just like constantly spinning. It's crazy. So I don't know. I I don't have confidence. I I hope I'm wrong, but I don't have confidence in that guy going too far. Plus, he's a physical threat right off the bat. You see how jacked he is. That guy's gonna win if he if you let him get to um, past past the uh, merge. He's gonna win some individual immunity. So he'll have a target on his back early on. Yeah, we'll have to see if he aligns with the right people and uh, those numbers uh, help him out to stay. But you know, Big Brother is a little bit different. We're not out of the elements, but we also do have to earn our food. And there is um, times where, you know, you sleep on concrete and stuff, which, you know, you're out there with bugs and stuff, but we eat the bugs and we do all the kind of stuff. So I think it's kind of like that mentality of it. He might be able to, 
maybe train himself now that he's experienced that. But to be out in the elements, you can never really, you know, train that. You can be your survivalist and go out there and you just can't handle it. It must be really intense to be out there. Um, I always wanted to know that they should film you guys all the time, you know, like all the time, Um, like they do with Big Brother, you know, 24 hours and let us get a glimpse of seeing what you guys deal with through the night and stuff. Um, What do you think of like a different type of concept like that or, or added concept is filming you guys all the time? No, it's it. They do. It's just let and and just, and I didn't mean to downplay Big Brother. I know that can be just as grueling and and there's so many mental pests there as well. But um, Survivor, they're filming twenty four seven. They only have one camera on at night because everybody's sleeping and you can't go walking around in the jungle at night. So there's only one dude at night. But during the day, there's like three crews constantly filming twenty four seven. They just just uh, they just show what they need to show or what, however. What they want to make the show go, you know, because they can only put it on an hour, or whatever it is, a, a week. But they're filming 24-7. I would love to see, like, how they do Big Brother. They do, like, every day. They do three hours of After Dark. I think that would be awesome because I think we would get, like, a different aspect of what you guys really go through. Yeah, you know what I'm curious about, Michelle? I wonder if Big Brother, you can tell me, um, there were some people in the tribes and stuff that were really getting frustrated with the filming crews because they're, they're right there uh, in the way sometimes. You're going to get firewood or walking around. you got to kind of walk around them. And there were people, like, getting frustrated with them. I'm like, dude, you signed up for this, you know? Because in Survivor, they're, uh, they're dressed in all camo, and they're supposed to, to, like, blend in, and they can't talk to you and everything. There's only one producer on during the show that you could ever ask a question or something because they you know the crew's there they they want to keep the experience genuine so is it the same way on big brother like you can't talk to them and some people like get frustrated with the filming crew sometimes well actually we never see the filming crew uh there's cameras uh attached to the walls and then the filming crew is actually like think of a square and then think of another square inside and so they're situated inside there, and their camera is on, like, a makeshift rolly dolly thing that rolls around, and they can see through the the one-way mirror. They can Way see mirror. us. We can't see them. Yeah, well, oh, that's right. That's right. Because they got the, uh, right, they can be in, like, a separate room. In Survivor, they got the uh, six-legged monsters, I call them, because there's a, there's a camera guy, a sound guy, and then the third guy just kind of guides them through the jungle because they have to, like, back up if you're walking towards them, so they're walking backwards and stepping over rocks and going under trees and stuff. It's kind of kind of funky. But they're all in full camo. They're mostly New Zealanders, Mark Burnett's buddies, and they're all, all good good people, you know. You, talk, you get to talk to them after when you see them at the uh, I event. I wish sometime. we had people because I would be talking their ear off and they'd be telling me I get penalties. Oh yeah, they'll get mad. You, know? <laughs> you, you can't, you can't talk to him. So there was this one guy that kept coming in. We were in, so I was in Nicaragua, right? There were like six seasons filmed there after we were there. But uh, so they come in and they can't talk to you. But there was one guy. He kept coming in smelling like boots. <laughs> I'm like, dude, Ooh. if you're gonna come in smelling like it, at least sneak me in something, will you? And he's like, sorry, mate. You know, he whispers to you. They can't really talk to you. Oh, so you're a drunk cameraman. I love it. 
Yeah, uh, they were all in San Juan del Sur, Nicaragua. They had, you know, Survivors is such a big production that all the film crews and it's and the dream team and all the, you know, the guys that do the challenges, they have like a camp, you know, whatever it is, 10, 20 miles away from where we're in the jungle there. So and they come in in, in crews, so they got like two shifts during the day and then the night shift, you know. But see, you know, they're, they're real good at kind of blending in. You don't even really, you don't even. They like they become like rocks and trees. They're so good at what they do. After a while, you just kind of ignore them. Well, I don't blame um, the cameraman for you know smelling like booze. What else are you gonna do out in the jungle? I mean, yeah. Well, he's off shift. He's going back to the camp. He's at San Juan del Sur. He's probably going surfing for an hour or two and then heading back to camp. You know, they got to live, too, those those poor guys. But I know Mark Burnett takes really good care of them because I was talking with some of the crew, and they're like, yeah, anytime. And again, they're from New Zealand, but if somebody uh, have an uh, illness in the family or something, he says, no worries. Go take care of it. Do what you've got to do. Come back when you can. So he, ta- he takes really good care of them, and I'm sure they're uh, well compensated because they're good at what they do. I'm sure they do. Well, Jimmy T, thank you so much for taking out the time. I know you were at the gym pumping some iron, getting ready for April to dance with me. Um, But uh, I just want to say, make sure you guys go to Reality Valley, go under Jimmy T and donate under his name for Reality Valley. If you want to do something fun, like how many inches of snow you got, do that. Whatever, a dollar, it doesn't matter. Right, Jimmy? Just donate, donate, donate. It's for a great cause, Michelle's Place Breast Cancer. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, Michelle, for having me. And let me just throw a shameless plug for a friend while I'm here. Um, For the people that are big Survivor fans, I'm also hanging up there in Maine. My buddy Bob Crowley uh, has a camp up there called Maine Forest Yurts. If you ever want to go cross-country skiing or a winter getaway or get into the main forest, it's an amazing place. And he does, uh, every summer, he does an event called the Durham Warrior Survival Challenge. And there's usually eight or ten former survivors up there. It's a great event. It's for wounded warriors, and it's a great cause. So uh, people can check that out, too, Main Forest Yurts or Durham Warriors Survival Challenge. Ooh, that sounds fun. I like to do competitions like that. Maybe I'll have to join you guys in the next event. Yeah, well, when we get off and when you talk to when I talk to you later, get, I'll get the information. You can come on up. It's a short run, and I know the, the way around. I'm hanging up there all the time. We're doing a lot of events up there, so uh, you can be my personal guest. I'll show you around. That would be great. I'm going to definitely take you up on that offer, but I'd like to do it when it's, more, like, more warmer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, you're not, you're not a winter girl, huh? Not a, not a ski bunny? No, I've never been skiing before. Oh, I could totally see you in one of those cute little ski outfits, though, those long I've always wanted on. to. I've always wanted to. I could see myself in <laughs> the the fake fur, all furred up, and then, you know, be just tumbling down the, the hill. Tumbling down the hill. <laughs> no, you know the what mountain. you do, Michelle? You just put on the outfit, you go right to the lounge, they, they have the ski lodges, and you go out there and you just talk about how you just came down a double black diamond and you're exhausted and you have a, a martini and you relax. 
Well, there you I go. Could do that. I could do that. <laughs> and I definitely want to try it, though. If you teach me, I would definitely go for it. So, well, cross-country is easy. You don't have to worry about the crazy downhill speed. I mean, if you want to do downhill, we can do that, too. But I just I just like to get out there on the, in the woods, and uh, you can go a long distance uh, on flat ground with cross-country skis. You just, you, it's just like It's just like the thing at the gym. You go on a you get into a glide mode and you just go along. It's beautiful. Well, I can definitely glide. That I can do. I'm gonna work on All my right, gliding Diana, skills. thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jimmy T. Make sure you guys go donate under Jimmy T at realityrally.com. Jimmy T, thanks again from all of us here at Manic Monday, and I will see you in April. Can't wait. God bless. I'll see you on the dance floor at the Palo Mesa Resort. That's right. I'll see you then. Bye, Jimmy T. All right. Love you, Michelle. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Oh, I love him. I just adore him. Just a great guy. What a great guest. Yeah, he's 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 got a lot going on. And uh, we'll find out about that Bob Crawley thing. But if you guys, like he said, go donate under his page. If you get $25 or more, and if you're in the Mass area, he will take you for a tour. I mean, that's well worth more than $25. So get on that. Oh, my gosh, yes. That is so cool, you guys. And he's going to take you on um, a commercial um, boat. I mean, it's amazing. You could probably do fishing, lobster traps. He's going to take you to the Ten Islands and all that. So great. Thank you, Jimmy T, for calling in. to hang out with Jimmy T for the day. would be worth it. Plus, getting to go out on the boat and have dinner, do all the things he was talking about. For a $25 donation, that is amazing. So I would definitely take Jimmy Chi up on that. Yes. If I lived up oh. there, I would be on that like crazy. I know. I feel bad because he has called me so many times and been like, come on, come on, come on. And it's just so hard with me and work. But I'm going to definitely do it because, you know, I'm a, I'm a beach girl. I'm a water girl. I'm a boat girl. I'm a seafood girl. So I, I, shame on me. I have nobody else to blame, but shame on me. But um, besides being, you know, enjoying the water and stuff. Sometimes I'm naked and sometimes I'm afraid, Cherry. Sometimes I'm both. <laughs> well, I, I might think be naked, somebody but not afraid right now. I think we have somebody that's a, a pro on that subject. On our well, situation. if they're pro, I mean, I could have somebody else guide me, um, you know, along this naked and afraid uh, fiasco that I'm dealing with right now. Uh, so I'm thinking our next guest is on the switchboard. He is. I hope he's naked. <laughs> Let's find Let's out. Let's see that out loud. Oh, good. <laughs> Here we go. We have the Skull Crusher, E.J. Snyder from Naked and Afraid. What's up, everybody? Here I am. Here What's I am, everybody, on, live EJ? and in the flesh. Happy New Are Year. Are you naked? You know me. Of course you are. Oh, yeah. I am the naked and afraid three-time legend, and uh, that's how I roll. You sure are. Well, I just want to first say welcome back to Medic Monday. Love uh, it. You Love it been, being back. We missed you. It's been a while. It's probably been about a year since you've been on, and yep. um, we we are here to raise money for Reality Rally, Breast Cancer for Michelle's Place. Um, which uh, year is this going to be for you, EJ? Well, uh, this year is uh, pretty, I'm pretty excited again. This will be my third year for me. And 
since we saw each other last, last time we was on the show, uh, it's been pedal to the metal. Because when you guys saw me last year, I had just got back from Columbia after 40 days. So I was obviously uh, a little weathered, and uh, it was a rough run last year. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be a lot more uh, ready for this year's race, which I'm more excited about, because uh, last year I was pretty beat down after 40 days in the wild. And hopefully you guys all saw the full show this summer, and it's been crazy busy for me between charity events, causes, and motivational speaking and, and doing appearances and, and uh, teaching survival classes. So I'm, I've been on a full tilt run. Um, yes, actually, um, myself and Cherry and all the listeners out there are huge Naked and Afraid fans, and you are on the recent Naked and Afraid XL. I like the XL. Yeah, (laughs) I think the Uh XL version was kind of like maybe what people envisioned Survivor to be like, uh, but we didn't have any of the voting out going on, but um, a lot of social dynamics into actually trying to live at, going on out there. And so it was uh, pretty extreme. And, and it, XL, extra large, uh, you know, it, it was very popular. We just finished uh, down in your neck of the woods in Brazil. It just finished uh, about two weeks ago, just finale. And we had like 4.6 million Brazilians. It was the number one TV show uh, on, on a cable channel for Brazil for 2015. Wow. Wow, so wait, you just filmed this one in Brazil? Has it aired yet then? Uh, it was it, it was the XL version that it we just the did. XL. Right, and it was it was aired in Brazil. So they get everything uh, maybe six months after uh, the original airing, uh, just like most of the Naked and Afraid. Uh, actually, the new season Naked and Afraid starts up here pretty quick. I think uh, March it starts up, so... We're going to have a lot more Naked Afraid uh, regular shows going on, but a lot of people really took to this new version of Naked Afraid, the XL version. Yeah, it was so crazy. I mean, there were so many people kind of like, you know, really getting sick and, and a lot of, you know, serious things happening with them. I mean, bugs crawling in places they shouldn't, <laughs> which, you know, um, this is going to be a personal question. Did any bug, you know, cross the line with you, you know what I mean? Not me, because they, they, I think my nickname runs them off, but I will say that my uh, one partner had a very bad day one night. Uh, we woke up in the morning, and he starts screaming, and he's like, oh, my God, and he's cursing, and I'm like, what's going on? He's like, dude, something bit my, and I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm like, and, I, and, I, and, he, and he's like, look at this thing, and I'm like, dude, not really. But uh, oh, and I looked at him and I'm like, I looked at him and I'm like, you need a medic. And I walked off. <laughs> sitting there. Oh my I'm god! Like, I don't know what you expect me to do, bro. But you know, I tapped him on the shoulder and I walked off to go get us some water. I was like, maybe you need some water on it or something like that. Or there's no ice out here, but you might need a medic. I don't know. I'm glad that now, didn't happen. Now, how does to that me. work? How does that work, EJ? I mean, you guys are constantly dealing with different types of say snakes and spiders and bugs and stuff like that and do they come out and check you guys out and check out your like because i mean you don't want bugs like especially the girls like she's got an innie and boy's got an outie you know and the innie they could find it think as like a a cave or something do they come (laughs) out um no i mean i'm serious it's kind of scary to think about it do they come out and check you guys out and put ointment and stuff on you guys 
No, no. It's real survival. You're out there. You're dealing with it. You deal with it like you would in a survival situation. If there's a serious situation where a medic has to intervene or has to step in because they, you know, they they are around, they are in the in the in the distance in the background. Um, and as the producers come in as they're filming stuff, if there's a situation that they deem very serious, they might bring a medic in. Uh, just to take a look at it, make sure that your like your life's not threatened. As you remember, in the first season, I had a really bad thorn in my foot from like day two that almost killed me. So, um, you know, this is it is real survival. It is a real survival challenge, but there's always that safety factor of TV that's there, um, and they try to let everything play out as real as it can. Uh, but you know, we don't want to see anybody. You know, some people have came pretty close to checking out of the net. We don't want to see that happen. You know. There's no creams, there's no ointments. Rub some mud on it and get going. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just saying, like, you know, if I was a bug, I'd find out, you know, a cave to hide in. That's all I'm saying. But uh, (laughs) uh, do you, do you, uh, like, you know, you guys make kind of like makeshift undergarments using leaves or different types of branches and stuff? Does that really help to protect you against kind of bug and infestations in certain areas? Um, uh, the theory behind grass skirts and those things are that you have stuff swaying in the air like trees and, and you know, almost like you see horses out in the pasture and, and, and cows, they swing their tail to keep the flies away. So it's supposed to help in that, in that kind of regard. Um, but, you know, I'd rather get something to eat than waste my time trying to make some pair of uh, crappy uh, loincloths <laughs> out, of, out of leaves, which don't feel very good. Um, some, some people covered up, uh, you know, unless I could find an animal that I could skin and make a real reasonable pair of, uh, uh, of a loincloth or a jockstrap of some sort, I'm, I'm, I don't find it, uh, worth the energy, uh, to be wasted on that process, but I do make shoes. I do make carry packs, things that are useful to get things around. Uh, I have no issue running around with a big blur following me and, uh, there I am because I'm a regular caveman, so... You certainly are. Now, how many days was it? Because when you said you went to Reality Rally, you had done the 40 days. You did the 40 days, and then how many days was that uh, in between the time that you got out of Naked and Afraid and was that Reality Rally? Because you were like, you definitely. Five days. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Five days. Five yeah. days. That must have been intense a little bit, huh? Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty rough. I mean, we had about four days, three or four, so it actually had been about a week, I guess, because I had about three or four days. Once we got out of Columbia, we did our final videos and, and medical checks and um, kind of re- refitted a little bit before we flew back to the States. And I was in the States maybe two days, so maybe it was like five or six days. I don't know. But it, it was no more than a week. And and I was right out there to California, and so um, I was still pretty suffering from malnutrition. I, I lost 73 pounds out there. Um, I actually wound up; my hair really took a hit, um, and uh, I also uh, my teeth. I wound up having to get a tooth pulled that that just it, malnutrition rotted it, and then I had another tooth that had to get a serious root canal, and we, I might lose that one still. Ooh. Wow. One of the people in the chat room is asking um, about the bug bites and wondering if you get permanent scars and wounds from the bug bites because the bug bites look so severe. Ooh. Um, 
Yeah. You get permanent wounds and scarring from the bug bites that are that you get out there. Yeah. I mean, any cut you get out there, any bug bite that that gets infected or is is pretty severe, um, people have get scars. And uh, I know I've got multiple scars just from branches slicing me open, uh, you know, thorn bushes, things raking across your skin. Uh, I've got uh, on my right hip, I have a, a pretty bad scar from basically sleeping on the ground in Africa. I wound up getting a bed sore on my right hip because I got real bony hips and uh, that, that thing is permanent uh, on my right hip now. So I've, I've got a lot of scars from it just because, um, you know, you get infected and it doesn't heal so fast and your body's dealing with it. And then, you know, so I've got a lot of scars that uh, tell a lot of tales now. Wow, oh, I'm sure every scar has its own story, I'm sure. Yeah. So I understood it, why you, you guys stayed to yourself right. um, in the end and didn't join the larger pack of people. Um, right. Do you ever get people sort of asking you why or, or giving you grief yeah. about that? Uh, it's a question, poise. You know, everybody knows I was in the army for 25 years. I'm I'm a leader. I'm a natural leader. Um, and my, when I was on the reunion show, I did say the one. I don't have any regrets, but the one missed opportunity I felt was that I could have probably been the one to reunite the group. But you process this stuff. It's been exactly three years since I was in Africa, and I've just come to terms with that adventure. It takes you a long time to go through something this difficult and really process the whole thing. But what I remember back with the group, when the other group showed up, I went to who I thought their group leader was and talked to them, and, and, and pretty much they were like, hey, we got a solid five here. We're good to go. We really don't want to mess up our teamwork. It's working well. I had a group of three, and then there was two more females that came in later who were kind of on their own, and then eventually they wound up getting sucked into the bigger group um, for whatever reasons. But um they had a more relaxed style of survival. It's not the way I like to roll. I, I had an aggressive style that I wanted to be able to survive for 40 weeks out there, and that means you have to get out there and work and, and make it happen. And I need a lot more calories in my big big system, my larger body, than, than most of the others who are more – a lot of them are, are very nature-oriented, kind of a bush hippie attitude, which is fine. I understand it. It's just not my thing. And so – they had a way, a survival strategy that worked, that they employed. It worked for them. It wasn't my thing. And, um, you know, I, I signed on with some guys to, to be aggressive and dominate the environment, and, and that's pretty much what we did. And people might not agree with all of our yelling, but for me that's a way to give thanks to God and scream to the heavens so that all my brothers and sisters that have gone on to Valhalla before me from battle know that I'm still down here hopefully making them proud. And, uh, you know, uh, I think, uh, you know, let people decide which style they'd rather go with, whether you wanted a more aggressive and active style or did you want a more passive, uh, conserve your energy style. And in certain, certain situations, you've got to reserve some energy at times. But um, I thought that, you know, this is my third time out here. I'm the only man to do it three times. I wasn't going to sit down for a minute. And, and let that opportunity, that experience, I wanted to get everything out of it. So I'll sleep when I'm dead. Uh, I was, you know, I got, you know, four hours of sleep a night at, at best. Maybe maybe on a, when I was really tired, maybe I would sleep for six, but not you know, sporadically. And, 
you know, I'd stay up late making other weapons and improving stuff to, to just, you know, uh, be ready to do what I had to do to survive. And so uh, others needed more rest, I guess. I don't know. But um, well, people, I mean, it, yeah. they could have said either way. I mean, if you had joined them earlier, they could have said that they, they brought you guys down. So I think that, you know, it really kind of didn't really matter what kind of decision you made. I think the best decision yeah. was what was best for you. Yeah. And they were hiding food, and there was just a lot going on. And, you know, being a hippie and everything, that's great and all, you know. But you're in the woods. Right. You're there to survive. You're there to fight for your life, and there's nobody yeah. there to help you but each other. And if you're kind of du- duking it out with people that are there to help you, then maybe yeah. you should just let them go and exert more yeah. energy in trying to, to save yourself and the people that are there to help you, mm. Right. And part of the issues are as a leader that people don't realize is I had to look at the situation and, and apply leadership in a different manner. I had to be more in, in the back scene. I had to deal with people as individuals, and I went to different individuals at different times to, to you know, make things happen uh, for, my, for what, where we needed and to try to keep the two groups in, in harmony best I could. I was, the, one of, I was the oldest guy out there probably the more respected of the group from by the, all the people that have done Naked Afraid. And I, and I wanted to make sure that I was trying to be a, a, a good relationship builder between the two groups. And one thing I had was we had a third guy that joined me and Jeff, which was Shane. And, and Shane had already just had an issue uh, with two of the girls in their last camp. And we, that was not going to work again. And we didn't want to, I didn't want to see that you know, chapter play out again or get magnified by maybe some others starting to fall into that. So it was at the time, it, the decision was best to stay just the three of us over here in this group and, and do our thing the way we were doing it and let them do their thing. And we did try to go over to the other group and we tried to, we exchanged ideas and strategies. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that didn't get seen. I mean, I went out with time with the bearded guy, Luke, and we went hunting for lizards and he was showing me kind of how they do it. And then I realized that my style was a little different and my aggressive style was instead of to just use two or three people to catch them was to go on my own and club them with a club. And I, and it worked better for me. So, um, it, it, it just helped me get to know other people and, and really see other styles and, and see how, what made them tick, which I really enjoyed getting to know other people. But, um, as far as the groups went, you know, we dug a well and I was pretty confident that that water was pretty safe to drink. But Shane wanted to make sure so we didn't take any risks, and he, and then he drank some of the water to test it for us. And um, But I was pretty sure that that was fairly clean, and we went over to the other group and told them about it and said, you guys can dig a well, and they had their opinions about it, and they didn't want to do it. So it was a game changer for us. We stayed seriously uh, a lot better hydrated, but we only had one pot. They had three different water containers for their group, so they were fine with boiling water. I I tell people all the time, if you're not sure about water, you always should boil it. But this well, based on my principles and what I've seen in the world and what I know about water, I was pretty confident as it came through the grasses on the savanna, down through the clay and the sand, that, and it was uh, probably 50 meters at a higher level than where the, the uh, actual lake was, that that water was coming from the top high ground and not the lake, and it was fairly safe to drink. So... You know, I want to apply principles of, you know, a good shelter that keeps you dry. And we built sound shelters that were probably still there now, a year later, and probably be there for 10 years. Um, you know, it was 
developing a long-term strategy that we were dedicated to and, and me and my partners, that's what we wanted to do. And, you know, the others, uh, you know, had more of a minimalist attitude about things and, and that's fine. I don't begrudge them for it. That it worked for them and they, they made it out. So obviously, um, uh, you know, we had differences, you know, it, I, I did not feel comfortable going across a very treacherous river with a kickboard. I, I just, I thought that a raft was a better strategy to keep you out of the water, out of harm's way. And if you get tired, you're floating in a raft to you're in the water trying to hold on to a kickboard and you lose your grip and the currents get you. It's easier to drown, especially after 40 days of being beat down. So, yeah, you know, raft was epic. Yeah, there was difference of opinion on a lot of different things, and we agreed to disagree. To disagree, and you know, uh, but there was times where there was another ray that was caught that that was shared, um, and the girl, the girls, uh, when we first got to El Bosque, uh, Danny and. Uh, Alana were very gracious to Jeff and I, and they shared fruit and, and uh, nuts, and I shared barrel cactus because Danny was a, a vegetarian, and, and that it was going to help her. And uh, I wanted to make sure that, you know, we were helping in, in, in a lot of ways. And so there was some – that was one of my favorite things was the uh, trading of goods, like the old days, you know, there, where there wasn't any money to barter, but you bartered goods and services, you know, uh, here's a lizard, give me two mangoes, that kind of thing. And and so that was a lot of fun. So the real adventure was a lot, probably a, a, a lot different than what was actually played out and seen. But, um, you know, it's it's just what it is. What was like the scariest animal or reptile that you had to deal with? I mean, I know a lot of things don't scare you, EJ. Right, there had been, right. been something that kind of was like, Oh, that was a little different than uh, I thought it was going to go down. Yeah, knowing that there's a uh, – every time I've been out, there's been something stalking me, and I don't like <laughs> to be stalked. I'd rather stalk it. So, you know, the first time there was a pack of hyenas. The second time there was um, uh, a jaguar against in the Amazon with Laura and I. Well, this time we had pumas, and the pumas were just not a lot of fun. Um. And so knowing they're out there at night and seeing how big the paws were, knowing they were about 250 pounds, uh, very aggressive, um, that was uh, that was a little uneasy feeling going to sleep, trying to go to sleep at night and having to pull guard duty with it. How close did you think they got to you? Say again? I'm sorry? How how close did you think that they got to you guys? Uh, They were in and around our camp within 50 to 100 meters at night sometimes. They showed you showing one of the paw prints. Yeah, yeah, they were they were pretty big. I've done a lot of tracking in my in my time, um, and knowing how looking at the paw and seeing the depth of it and the the size of it, I I knew that this was a pretty massive creature. And um, yeah, they're they're pretty aggressive and they're ambush hunters. That's what's the scariest part of them is you won't see them until it's too late. So. More so than the Cayman and the, and the anacondas. Uh, when we were by the river uh, down there by the creeks, the anacondas were kind of a concern because they, they like to sit under the water and you can't see them. So if you go down for a drink of water, there's a possibility they might ambush you thinking you're like a capybara or something. So um, that was always an unnerving feeling being down by the water. But once we were by the lake, then it became the pumas, which were an issue. Now, before you guys venture out, do they give you guys kind of like 
a possibility of lists of of say reptiles or uh animals or that that you could face or, or are you kind of going in blind um i'm a I'm a worldly survivor, so I study uh the different types of animals and regions and I have as a, since I was a kid it was something that fascinated me so I'm pretty familiar with the different types of animals reptiles fish uh that uh, you know smaller mammals and larger mammals that are in different regions and generally like south america they're all there's generally the same sort of animals kind of moving in and around the rainforest and the jungles um with some differences uh depending on the region and so before you go in you try to do a good area study of the place you're going so you understand the the, the fauna and the different wildlife that's going to be out there so you know what can help you either by food or plants medicinally um, and stuff you can eat, stuff you can use for bug repellent. And so the animals, you know, I study them a lot because I'm a big meat eater. So I want to make sure I understand exactly, you know, I'm a I'm an old military guy, so security is always uh, my first priority. Going into any unknown situation is one of the hostiles, and that being the animals. So I always make a spear, try to make sure my security and alertness is is on high uh, high alert all the time. How much my did gosh, the electric field hurt? I'm sorry? How much did the electric eel hurt? Mm, yeah. Boy, oh, boy. That's like, that's like getting kicked in the package by a horse. Uh, it really, oh, uh, yeah, it sets you up. Um, uh, it really uh, gets your hair on the end. It really is uh, an enlightening experience, rather <laughs> shocking. Um, I got hit the first eel Jeff and I uh, went after. I got hit about, I think I got hit seven times. Uh, oh, my gosh. 600 volts. And the wow. one that got me the most is when I grabbed the spear to help hold it steady for Shane to put the final kill on the thing, the, the jolt hit me in the heart, and it about took me down. So that – they're no joke. And the the fear is if you're in there tangling with them on your own, um, their defense is to bite you and then kind of wrap around you, and then you – you know, you it could be fatal. Like you could have a lose a respiration or your heart. You know, if you have a weak heart, you, which I don't, but you could get a heart attack, or you could become unconscious and drown. And so that's where a lot of the dangers are in dealing with these guys. That's so scary. Gosh, I can't even wrap my head around that. You are just amazing, and uh, it's just. To be able to do that and survive and, and have all those different types of personalities around you, I mean, I would probably want to hang out with the Stingray at that point. Yeah, yeah dealing with uh, surviving a wild, I've found a little bit easier, uh, and, and at least uh, than surviving people sometimes. Because um, when people get beat down, and we're all, we all lose, our patience gets worn thin, we all get testy, we get hangry. Um, some people's true natures actually rise to the top and, and are magnified. Uh, things that are smaller problems become bigger problems, and you try to deal with it the best you can. And, you know, I thought I was mentally sound until I got out of there, and I was like, wow, I was really off a bit because trying to deal with very complex relationship-type issues, uh, 30 to 35 days into something where you've not ate very well, you've lost a lot of weight, you've been overheated, um, yeah, the the it becomes it really becomes a lot more difficult in, in dealing with your folks. patience so, has to be just yeah worn so thin, especially when you're hangry. Being yeah, hungry, yeah, you're hungry, you're hungry and angry. Get out of the way. 
because it, it really, I people will tell you I I, I guess since I, when I was younger I, I used to fly off the handle a lot faster, and I know you find that hard to believe, but no. now as I've gotten older and wiser, I, my patience have have gotten a lot better. I try to stay calm, cool, and collective, especially in battle. You know, I've been to two different wars, and so I try to apply all that stuff to my survival strategies, and I want to be a guy that can make sound decisions in those emergency and survival situations because cooler heads prevail, and you need to stay calm in those situations, and and then when other people aren't, it makes it a lot more difficult. And um, Yeah. I mean, you were an infantry drill, drill sergeant, so, I mean, you know, you, you're you're hardcore where there, there's other people that are like, you know, flower lovers and they look at things in a different aspect and you're just trying to have all these people survive and live and, you know, you, you you're, to me, I would want to be around somebody that knows what they're doing, a leader, uh, somebody that can build, somebody that can kill, uh, protect. Uh, right, so right. I don't care how much of a hippie you are or flower, you know, power, whatever. I'd be smart enough to say, I need to stick with this guy right here. <laughs> and, and and when you get in those survival situations, there's no room for egos. You know, we all have them out there. And I have mad respect for everybody that raises their hand and even attempts to go out there and do this. And every one of those people that made it onto that boat after 40 days um, deserves a lot of respect for, for making it happen, regardless of how they did it. And, um, you know, I, I take my hats off to them all for, for, you know, for hanging in there and doing it because it was very tough. And, um, and you know, you, you what we do is we give you a couple different uh, survival strategies and people can choose which they think would work best for them. I pride myself in being able to go anywhere in the world at any moment using what I have, uh, a, a positive attitude, mindsets, everything. And then with some some basic survival skill knowledge, you can apply those principles and, and, and make it out okay. And I've been out there now 82 naked uh, and afraid days surviving. I, I absolutely am at peace out there. It's as natural as breathing to me out there, and I get closer to God, and I hear his voice loudest when I'm out there. So for me, um, being out there just seems so right, and uh, it's natural. <laughs> So the, my next question would be from um, Susan McCune Vergano. I'm sorry if I said it wrong. She's in the chat room. Um, I already know the answer, but we want to hear it. Uh, would you go back on uh, Naked or Afraid if they asked you to go back again? Absolutely. I'm on their speed what? dial. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to be the answer. If somebody gets in trouble or somebody quits, I'd be ready to go in a minute. And uh, I just turned 50 uh last month and so um people are like why do you do it why do you keep going out there through you what do you got to prove i said i don't have nothing to prove i only have the the only thing i've left to do is inspire and motivate as many people as i can to, to let them see that you can get through bad days with the right attitude right mindset if you're fighting um you know if you're having trouble in school studying or you you're, you you haven't found that job yet or even like what we're we're doing with our charity raising money mm-hmm. for a terrible uh, disease called breast cancer. Uh, I, I want to give people hope and know that you know they can they can do it. You know, and they just gotta to to have the right support around them and, and the right motivation. And you can get through anything. Oh, that was you know, I, everybody bad. says, yeah, you never you never give up. 
there's always one more thing you can do. So when I'm out there and it seems like my back's against the wall, I just start to settle down and I think about it and I'm like, there's got to be one more thing we can do to, 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 to succeed, get a win, get a victory. Yeah, or you could compare yourself to what others are going through in life, which is cancer, whether it's yeah. breast cancer, any type of different cancer. They're they're going through the struggles to survive every day. So you kind of right. put yourself in the shoes and say, you know what, I'm out here. They're dealing with something that, you know, is out of their hands. I have this in my hand. So it's very inspirational, EJ, and I would love to see you back on Naked and Afraid. Uh, I love watching you, and you motivate me, and I'm sure everybody else out there, um, you motivate as well. You said something earlier. You said that the last time around, did you say you lost 73 pounds? Yes. Okay, and that's in the one of the 40 days or altogether? That was the 40 days, and I put on okay. 30 pounds prior to going out. That's insane because you're in shape. So, right. I mean, 73 pounds, that's crazy. Right. Well, I believe everyone has a primal survival weight that you will lose eating very lean, eating in the wild, you will get to, and you won't drop any further past that. And for me, it's between 200 and 205 pounds. Um, the other two times I went out, I lost uh, 55 the first time, even though the show said 33. We just didn't have any scales to figure it out. So I lost 55 in Africa and 44 in the Amazon. But I always try to pile a little extra before I go out. So See the fun part, eating everything and anything possible, where some people are doing the opposite. There you go. I want to try this. I I, I don't know. For me, I don't mind the trying to survive and finding the water, finding the food and stuff. I think for for me will be like, I I think I have like, you know, that good blood, you know, where the mosquitoes and the bugs, they just want to have a field day. Like they want to have a party with my wine blood because, you know, I'm probably going to have a little bit of wine in it. So for me, I'd be more afraid of bugs not wanting to get the hell out. I mean, I don't blame them either. Yeah. <laughs> that that's got to be the hardcore part for me. Um, so uh, I don't know. I I just give you a lot of kudos for that. Um, EJ, uh, you are on Twitter. You are on Facebook. Um, yep. You're on the realityrally.com. Can you let everybody out there um, that's listening? Can you give them your Twitter handle? Can you tell them yep. how to find you on Facebook or whatever other social network media so that you can do it on TV? Yep, you can um, you can go to uh, at EJ Snyder three three three. Follow me on Twitter, on Instagram it's EJ Snyder three three three. On Facebook, follow follow me, like my page EJ Skullcrusher Snyder, and then um, my website is www.ejsnyder.com. And you, there's a link right there that you can donate to my to to my page for my portion of Reality Rally. And um, you can go to my YouTube channel, Skull Crusher Survival. Please subscribe there. I'm um, putting motivational videos, videos up all the time. If you have um, in your heart, you know, just a few dollars can, can change someone's life with this charity we're working for. Everyone is working so hard. And um, if you have an event coming up you want me to appear at um, or want someone to motivationally speak at your next venue or you got a birthday party going on or whatever, I do all kinds of appearances. I have some survival classes that I do. I do survival demonstrations at birthday parties and events and 
teach everyone about basic survival. You know, there's a lot I'm doing. Uh, writing magazine. There's a magazine article out this month in Survivor's Edge. It's the spring edition of 2016. I wrote a four-page article in there about surviving out in the wild for 82 days um, and the lessons I learned. And so find it in your grocery store. It's called Survivor's Edge. Uh, great article. And, um, awesome. If you want, uh, the knife I used on uh, Columbia was my own design. It's by Tops Knives. It's also on my webpage. It's called the SXB Skull Crusher Extreme Blades doing very well. And um, we're working hard on final negotiations for a new survival adventure series and uh, nothing to report yet, but we'll hopefully something will, uh, by the time I get out to Reality Rally, maybe we'll have some answers on that. All right. So you sound like you're doing a lot of stuff. Um, if I say you're a lucky schmucker, what would, That'd be right. what would that say to you? <laughs> You're a little. Like you got an actor side to you too, don't you? Yeah, I've done done a bit of acting and some stunt work. I was trying to get into doing a lot of military tech advising on film, so I've I kind of started out doing that, and then my niche is survival and being me. And uh, you know, I was a big, huge Survivor fan, and and uh, I was a finalist for season twenty one with Jimmy T, but didn't get picked up. And Big Brother fourteen was courting me, and then uh, they they took uh Hans's brother instead. So uh that's where the reality world kind of found me and then I got tried out for dual survival by discovery and next thing I know I'm naked and afraid. So you can go find me on uh IMDB EJ Snyder and uh you see some of my credits up there, not all of them, but um we're working on a couple independent films this spring. So yeah, I'm 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 just a kind of a modern day Renaissance man, I guess. I wanna be the, the new Dosekis guy. Yeah, well, if anybody go. doesn't know, when I said Lucky Schmuckers, um, he was um, in this comedy um, where he played himself. So uh, look that up if you're interested in that. And I would love to see you on Big Brother or Survivor. Hello, CBS. Oh, my gosh. Hello. I mean, I mean is anybody listening out there? Oh, my God, you would do so good at surviving. Have you thought about, like, trying out again? Or is there, like, contract issues or something or uh, TV network issues? Yeah, I think right now it's a contract issue because I'm still exclusive to Discovery. I haven't bridged those gaps. But Lynn Spielman and Jeff Prost and Mark Burnett all know who I am. They know me very well. Robin Class, uh, one of the greatest things that happened to me was um, Robin – uh, congratulated me when I was doing my Bears All episode. Uh, I was talking to one of the producers who was a good friend of hers, and she wanted to send her congratulations to be be on the show because I love all those casting directors, and they pretty much know who I am. And they know where to find me, and I always told them, hey, it's an open invite. You call me, I'll come. If you can work out the contract stuff, I'm a very competitive guy, and I would love nothing more than to get out there and um, tangle it up. I... I I don't know about being in the house confined for a hundred days if that's my cup of tea, but I'm game for about anything. No, I would love to see you actually in a house where you, you know, you, you got the elements to work with, and uh, that's the easy part for you. You know, um, yeah. if you listen out there, Robin um, or Jeff, like hello. I mean, I think that we have a, a perfect candidate for a, a, a survivor, our biggest uh, uh, big brother. Don't you think? Cherry, I mean, I think EJ would do fabulous. Oh my gosh. 
And don't worry about the targets. I've had a target on my back my whole life, my whole career. Uh, I'll deal with the targets. I just want a chance to get out there and, and have an opportunity to have a target placed on my back. Um, I just posted on my uh, Facebook page today, my, my public figure page. Again, it's EJ Skullcrusher Snyder. It's on uh, Facebook. It's Blue Check Verified. Uh, it's Motivational Monday, and I always put out motivational stuff all week long with different, um, different, uh, you know, themes each day. But today I put up uh, the show I did right before Naked Afraid, which was kind of my consolation prize for not making Big Brother, was called a show on TNT called 72 Hours, which was a 72-hour, uh, basically Survivor meets Amazing Race type show where you had three teams of three strangers that meet right on, you meet your teammates, two other people on the starting line and you race through the jungle. Uh, for us, it was the Fijian jungle for a hundred thousand uh, dollar briefcase of money. And you had three days to run and, and find this thing. And so I was out there paired with two people that should have never left their living room. And, uh, you can watch it. Uh, you can pull it, you can look for it on, on uh, YouTube. It's, uh, 72 hours, the Fijian jungle episode seven. Uh, I think it'll cost you still like a buck 99 to watch it off of Amazon. But if you're like an Amazon subscriber or something, you can, you can just download it. And, um, I promise you, you won't be disappointed. It was, uh, seeing me, uh, as they would say, clothed and brave. Ooh, that sounds interesting. Make sure you guys go check out 72 hours. And I feel like it's not going to be the last of EJ Snyder that we see and, or if we see his naked bottom, I feel Absolutely. like I'm going to see well, it in I, April. I, I was if you're in, if you're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're in Mardi Gras this weekend down there, uh, I'm going to hook up with my buddies, Brad Bohannon and Steve Smith from uh bar rescue Love at them. the, uh, yeah, at the spirits of bourbon, uh, on yes. bourbon street. And you can't miss it. It's got dueling pianos in the bar. It's got a barber chair, and they've got a hearse that drives around uh, with also yeah. a barber chair in there, and that's for shots. And uh, uh, we'll be hanging out there this weekend for Mardi Gras coming up. So if you're in New Orleans, either come check us out there at Spirits on Bourbon or at Turtle Bay, which is off Bourbon Street. It's their other bar. Um, and uh, the last time I was there, I think my naked bottom was seen in the French Quarter, if I'm not mistaken. I'm sure it was in the French. <laughs> I can't remember, though. In the English Quarter, any kind of quarter. But I can just say right now, you owe me beads, if you know what I'm saying, because I'm over here oh, gotcha. naked afraid. I'm over here naked yep. afraid. Um, I did want to ask you something, though. Um, are you still residing in New Jersey, Mr. EJ? Uh, no, I, I, I was born and raised there, and uh, I currently live in North Carolina. Um, I did, you guys get out of the military. By, did you guys get hit by uh, Blizzard Jonas? Uh, we got hit slightly. Uh, what they would call down here in North Carolina as a severe ice storm of a half inch of ice and an inch of dusting of snow. Uh, everything shuts down here. Everybody runs to the supermarket. And for some reason, they all buy bread and milk. I don't know. I, I tried I to eat it. one of these milk bread sandwiches. They're terrible. Don't eat them. I'd rather I, I eat uh, tadpole soup. They're terrible. I don't get it. Why, like, if you don't normally eat bread and milk, like, why would you go get bread and milk? Go get booze and snacks yeah. or scallops wrapped in bacon or, or whatever. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, and if you yeah. you lose your power, you could stick your milk outside or something. But, no, you know, you, you, carbs are not good either. You should not eat a lot of bread. No. 
No, it's it's it, I don't and I don't know what it is. I even posted some pictures on my personal Facebook page of it. I think I put them on my other page, but the shelves were literally empty and of uh, bread and there was like uh I think 5 gallons of milk left in the milk thing at the one supermarket I went to and I think there was uh, some of his uh, sidekick called uh, lactose-free milk. There's plenty of that stuff. Nobody drinks that. So if you get into trouble here in the South, that's what you grab is the lactose-free milk. It's like, oh, God, I, I'd rather stick a spoon in my eye than, than drink that stuff. Oh, it's better. You wish you got yeah. stung by another my, stingray. My mom got slammed like heck up there in uh, Jersey, though. She's uh, near Hackensack, and uh, they they got pummeled pretty good. So I, I, I uh, was but, praying for everybody there. How many uh, they had like uh, close to two feet. All right. So anybody so. that's in the New Jersey area, if you want to donate to um, EJ, donate how many yeah. inches of snow that you got? You got twenty-four inches. So yeah. go donate. And if you were, I tell Carolina everybody all the time, ice storm, yep. two dollars of ice storm, baby. And and just so you know, from now until February tenth. Every $10 donation made to my page, to me, I get you one entry into winning one of my knives that I, my, you know, that I designed, the Skull Crusher SXB. I'm raffling this thing off, and it's a $300, you know, prize. And all it costs you is 10 bucks to get in on it. So every, every person that enters gets uh, a 10 For every $10, that's one entry. So, you know, enter as much as you like. Well, and then... So, um, um, you're going to be giving away the knife after. So February 10th, you guys, is the last yep. day. So go to the 10 o'clock donate. Eastern time. Eastern time, I'll people. Do, yeah, I'll, we'll get it in before then, but I want to make sure that people are off on the, on the West Coast. And at 10 p.m. Eastern, I'll be doing a live Periscope uh, broadcast to, you know, show everyone that, hey, it's legit. Here goes the names in the hat. We, we probably going to put it in the Naked Afraid, uh, one of my bags I brought back, and pick out a winner and be announced live. And so, you know, go ahead, get in on it. That's it's so a really cool. good deal. Well, that's so. a good deal. Michelle? We had Jimmy on earlier who was giving away his um, tourist of taking them around on boats, and then you are giving away the knife. What am yep. I going to do? I'm going to go sign my princess crown away? I, they only give me, like, one. What do I do? Yeah, you can't do that. You're going to maybe have to set up a kissing booth or something, maybe. I'll do a kissing booth, or if you go to Reality Rally, I'll dance with you. Did I did I ever dance with you, EJ? Um, I don't know. I don't know if we did or not. I Well, if you donate to mine, I will dance with you. Oh, uh, there we go. I'm going to get over there. <laughs> and I'm going to bring the beads, so I'll make sure everybody... Uh, I bring some beads to uh, Reality Rally because I'm pretty excited about uh, getting yeah. some beads this year. I'm excited. Go ahead, Sherry. I was just going to say, do you know what I realized today? What? The very day that EJ started his first Naked and Afraid, you and I and Jillian were doing a Manic <laughs> Monday show and it's the day that my house burned down. It's oh, no. That, it's the day that EJ did his first Naked and Afraid. Wow. Until today. 
Wow. Wow. But it was January twenty oh, first, three years ago. Wow, that's that's I'm sorry to hear that. I hope everyone was okay and you didn't lose too many uh heirloom items. Oh uh, that's a, that's, that's, a, story, a, that's but... a heavy that's a rough um situation that people go through. Um, you know, what and you I, know we what? Terry survived, through. DJ. She survived, you know. It, it it's what you have to do. It's everything about life is and honestly, material things can be replaced. As long as no one got hurt, everyone's okay. You know, you can't replace people. And um, and and that's we what lost one of our dogs, and that that was the hardest part. Oh, but you know. yeah, they're like part but, of the family. I got all kinds of animals running around my house. I, I, I know how we you had feel her for that. nine years, and that that was the hardest oh, thing to get over. And that's the hardest I'm thing. Sorry. We're yeah, but you know, I'm still here doing manic Mondays with Michelle. We're still working for Reality Rally for Michelle's place and you know I'm still here and we're talking to EJ Snyder and right. I didn't realize it was that same day until wow. today that I'm reading Survi- back on the survivor clip right here and I think all three yeah. of us need to go on to uh, Naked and Afraid Listen, cave woman, just drag me and Cherry by our hairs, wherever you want us to go to. <laughs> we will follow you. You are our leader. There yeah. you go. <laughs> I, I trust you with everything, EJ. I do. I do. Well, I appreciate that. You know, I'm. everybody knows me. They see me on TV. They see when they hear me. They meet me. They see that, hey, you're just like you are on TV. Or, uh, I don't know how any other way to be. And I always told people, I like, you know, I've got a huge heart. So for me, giving back is, is easy. And I always said that if I ever got known, not realized I was going to have probably one of the most known and recognized butts in the, on the planet uh, outside <laughs> of the pornography. <laughs> Woo! Uh, but yeah. I, I always said when you get known or you, you have a ability to, to give back and, and be an influence to others, uh, you've got to do good things with that. It's a, it's a it's a heavy responsibility to mant- mantle that a lot of people don't understand they wear when you become a public figure. And I always said, it, if I get in that position, I will always do my best to to give back as long as I can. So amen, and that's amen. So awesome. That's so cool. And that you're uh, doing. we're so gonna have a great reality rally other, this year. I was reading some of the other events that you're involved with and it's so cool the children of fallen heroes that just sounds like something yeah, that's so a, incredible that's a, to be involved with that that is a that is uh one of the, the the big ones that i've got involved with a lot of my uh special operator buddies that uh kind of uh, put that nonprofit up and uh have been running that thing and so i've come on that 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 Kids mean a lot to me. That's something very important. Um, I've been working with the homeless here locally. I'm getting ready to do local Dancing with the Stars. The um, Right after that weekend at Reality Rally, I'll be back here the next weekend uh, dancing my tail off. Uh, I'll help you. Money for homeless people. Listen, you help me survive in the jungle, I will show you some dance moves. I will make you shake your hips like they've never been shooken before, baby. Oh, that may be Michelle dangerous. I'm, I'm big Sasquatch. Rally. <laughs> I help you. You, some you help me. I'm bare ass. <laughs> You're bare ass. Everybody's bare ass. Hey. Again, I remember me and my mom, I I introduced her to Naked and Afraid, 
And this was after I had already met you. And I'm going, Mom, Mom, come over here. Come, come, come see my friend. This is my friend, EJ. She's like, oh, Michelle, because she's, you know, she's got the project. Oh, he's so cute. Oh, yeah, look at his butt. Oh, yeah, Michelle. I love you know, your mom. She, yeah, she is so cute and stuff. But she was like, oh, you know, I, I would, I, I give them a lot of credit for what they do. And you're right, you know, we, we're put on this pedestal and we, we do our job. Yeah. And, then there's the trickle effect, trickle down economics, and there's yeah. people that kind of do for them, and God bless them, and there's people that do for them and then do for others, and there's people that just do yeah. for others, and whatever that's your path, that's your path. But for me, I, I was I, trying to help yeah. before, you know, and I feel right. like this plateau brought me to a different level, and now I have like a, right. a, a bigger plateau to be able to scream to the world, please help. And I agree with you on that. Just being I'm proud of you guys it. for this for this show is a is a platform to do that. And you know, uh, you know, Tanzania almost killed me. But you know, you ask all your life, God, what is my purpose on this planet? And while I was in Tanzania, it was bare to me that I've been living it my whole life: help others, motivate, inspire others, lead others, and then teach them about survival. To, uh, to not just surviving wild the wild, but life situations and apply a great mindset. And so I've been trying to march to that tune. TV just gives me a bigger platform to reach so many people. And if I would have known I was going to inspire and motivate so many people to make changes in their life from bullying to battling cancer to leaving a, an abusive relationship, uh, I would have done this a long time ago and put my naked butt on TV because I had no idea the People from as young as five years old till eight to uh, as old as 84 years old, from all walks of life, all backgrounds, all creeds, um, I, I'm just humbled by God to, to be that guy, to, to do that for him, uh, to be a voice and to, to help do that. And um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the new year ahead. I've got, you know, a lot of charity work I'm doing. I've got a lot of events I'm going to be at. And um, you just got to go to my webpage. Any event I'm going to in your area, a lot of stuff's on the East Coast mostly, but come on out, say hi, and, and come to the events. Uh, they're all everything from gun shows, knife shows, outdoor trade shows to survival shows to, uh, you know, you name it. I'm trying to get out there. People well, off. Jesus told you take the wheel, and EJ, you took the wheel, honey. <laughs> well, You take the wheel that's... and you guide it to whatever you, you know. To, to wherever you want to go, and uh, it seems like you're making the best of it. And I just want to personally say myself and Cherry and everybody here at Manic Monday, anytime you have an event, um, anything you want to talk about, um, Children of Fallen Heroes, anything that you've got going on, you can always come back on, even if you just want to call in for a couple of minutes and be like, hey, you know what, because, yeah. you know, we're worldwide. Say, hey, Michelle, right. we're going to be down in, you know, New Orleans, or we're going to be over here, we're going to be over there. You can come back on any time with your naked butt. We don't mind. And I just rhyme. Well, that's awesome. Let's not, let's not wait a year. For, let's, ah, let's not wait a year for the next one, huh? Let's, uh, that's let's right. promise to do them a lot. Right. At least uh, every two months, uh, get me on, or every six weeks. I'd be happy to be a regular guest on you, Great Lady Show, and uh, th that, that'd be awesome. You're yeah, more than like welcome. Said, you're more than welcome, and... Uh, you know, you know how to get in touch with me, and um, it's been a pleasure chatting back and forth with you. And I miss yeah, you, we, and I can't we, wait to see you. Yep, it won't be uh, it won't be too much longer, and uh, just a few months away. 
Uh, I'm in full training right now, getting ready for uh, hopefully uh, more adventures in my life soon. And I'll uh, be looking forward to seeing everybody in April. But we can get back on sooner than that if, you, if you'd like. I'd, I'd love to uh, before that time. And um, looking forward to seeing everybody at Reality Rally. Absolutely. You can come back anytime. We'll stay in contact. I'm going to actually, after I get off the phone, I'm going to send you my private number so that you uh, have it in case you have anything coming up. Um, that you okay, want perfect. To, or you just want to maybe call and say hi. That'd be great. I, I appreciate it, and I appreciate your time and having me on for so long. Oh, well, it was a pleasure. I mean, we could talk all day, honestly, it seems like it. Um, but we cannot wait to see you again. I know a lot of us listening and in the chat room to see what your next adventure is, and we all know that you're going to definitely have more adventures than we can even imagine right now. Uh, so stay tuned, you guys, for EJ Snyder's butt. Yeah, check oh, me out on uh, ejsnyder.com. <laughs> we have and one unanswered question that was in the chat room that I need to ask them real quick. Um, they Hello? wanted to know, what was your first meal when you got out of there and were you able to hold it down after you did that session? Um, in Africa, the first meal I had, uh, Africa was the first time I ever ate catfish in my life. And the very first meal I had when I got back home fish and in the Amazon uh, I was very sick that a lot of people don't realize the last 48 hours I was out there in the Amazon I had um, a very bad flu and the stomach flu I had 102 degree fever so I couldn't keep anything down uh, when I got out of the Amazon so I think eventually I was able to get a big slice of pizza down was the first thing I think I held down and then this time uh, we got out of the Amazon or out of Colombia and um, I had a big old, uh, I think it was called a six-gram steak because we were, we were uh, in the metric system down there in Columbia. A what? And I held it down. Gram? What did you I think it was six-gram six- steak. I might be off on that. Maybe it was three grams, Jeez. but it was it was huge. Jeepers. Well, I mean, come on. You have to eat that much just to catch up. Goodness gracious. And did you keep it down? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I kept it down with a with a nice beer. Oh <laughs> I'm sure the beer tasted excellent. And then when I got home to to back to North Carolina, uh I kept talking all the time out there about these spaghetti and meatballs at Maggio's and I had the, these were the biggest meatballs you could ever see in your life. And so I uh that was the first meal I got stateside back from Columbia after forty days. They were excellent wow. meatballs, I bet. Yeah, they were big. And I'm sure they were extra saucy. Probably uh, oh, were probably you right extra on the right saucy? track. Oh, were you <laughs> extra saucy? Because I'm sure yeah, one beer well, made you tipsy. Did you When you drink one beer, were you, like, wasted? No, no, it, took, it takes a bit more. I actually was surprised at my tolerance. Well, I was surprised, especially after, you know, you just don't have that much nutrients and stuff, but... Yeah. All right, but well, I'm are, hungry now. We can have that and conversation in, in, at Reality Rally. Yes. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I want to know. Ooh, details, details. All right, well, uh, let's make sure April comes quicker than it can because that would mean spring right around the corner because I'm all set with this snow stuff, and uh, I'm ready for the good weather. And uh, thank you so much, EJ, for coming on Manic Monday. And like I said, uh, you're welcome Great. back anytime. time. And make sure you guys go donate under 
E.J. Snyder and go check out his motivational um, talks and his different uh, motivational Monday because this is what motivational Mondays are about. We love it here, man. Monday. Thank you, E.J. for taking out the time, babe. Love you, and I'll Appreciate see you soon. It. Love you guys. Good night. All right. Thank you so much, EJ. Bye, Sherry. Bye, hon. Get your $10 raffle tickets for that knife. That's going to be an amazing uh, rally raffle that he's doing. So So cool. Get in on that. So, so, I don't even know how it happened, but I'm naked right now. I don't know how this occurred. (laughs) Um, Completely. Just, just the only thing I have on is Patriot socks, so you know I'm I'm sad. And yes, I represent the day after. I have my Patriot socks on. I have my Patriot slippers. I wear my Patriot jacket today. Ain't nobody gonna take me down. But I do want to say a couple things before we go because we did go a little bit over the time. Uh, I just want to say, super sad, Cherry. I love Biggest Loser, but why? Why do my rich have to go under the red light? Why? I don't know. Why? But I love just listening to him talk, doing his um, interviews and stuff. Like, he's just such an amazing guy. Like, if you guys got to be able to talk to him, it's like epic. So I'm really hoping um, that he does really well, and I really truly believe that he will be one of the top people that's going to be the at-home winner, Cherry. I feel it, don't you? I certainly hope so. Believe in him, you know. I I have so much faith in him, and you got to meet him, so you you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, you I know. got to sit and have great at length conversations with him and I just he's one of my favorite reality stars of all time and favorite yes so I have all the faith in the world in Richard and truly want to see him come back as the winner yeah I was so bummed when he left. I, I, seriously, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I thought that the team made a good decision to keep the gym, and at that point, when he was like on the like, you know, going to the red line, I was like, "They should have taken the calls." Like, ah, you know, very know. frustrating. Because you know. think that you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I know. I still am watching Biggest Loser. Of course, I am, but I'm still. Team Richard Hatch, and that me will be to the end. So, me and Cherry, I'm with you, girl. Thank you. And a few weeks ago, Cherry, you remember we had the beautiful Cara Maria on from Challenge Bloodline. Yes. Guess what? She's still what? there. And I know. Amy. So excited, right? But what happened? And between the time what? that we talked and now. Abram was in the house. Yes. And guess what? He's already gone. He's gone. Bye-bye. Him and his cousin left. <laughs> and, oh, my God. Was he... Um, he is a interesting, interesting, interesting person. And uh, 
So let's hope that, you know, with Abram gone, I think hopefully Cara Maria maybe might still be on the track to making it to the end. I mean, the the numbers are getting down, but Bananas, Johnny Bananas and Vinny, squirming their way out of everything, huh? Oh, I know. You know, he has been doing these challenges every year for how many years now? I mean, they can't have a, a challenge 40. without bananas. <laughs> I mean, it's like, that, I think that's how he makes his living, you know, is doing MTV challenges. The guy is just a legend. I love the you got to just challenges. love him. I mean, he's you have, epic. If you don't love him, you have to you have to hate him so much you love him. You know, yeah, it, it's one or the other. You know, <laughs> he's the nose. Um, and Vinny, and, call me. I think you're a cutie. And oh my um, gosh, I, 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 I feel like there's more to him, like than just his tough exterior. So Vinny, holla at the Portuguese princess. I'll make you better. <laughs> well, he's already. I good. just want to mention him better. Real quick before we go. I did talk to Paul, and the flowers that I sent were gorgeous, by the way. Beautiful. Gorgeous. And he wanted to say thank you to everyone on the show. I sent them in the name of the show um, and signed by all of us. So he wanted to say thank you. Um, he's so much to take care of, but he did say thank you to everyone. So I just wanted to mention that. Um, well, you're welcome, But he Paul. seems we, to be doing we pretty you. well. Good. And uh, one day, one step at a time, baby steps, one minute yep. at a time, one second at a time. It's all you can do yep, in these, take, these matters. He's, he's taking care of his father, um, his sister, and, you know, they have to clean out his mom's uh, apartment and do that within like three weeks now. So he's got a lot on his plate. Um, so he's he's keeping busy, uh, to say the least. Well, sometimes keeping busy helps you in times like this, you know? So, right, right, exactly. So I just wanted people. to mention he did say thank you. Beautiful flowers, by the way, Cherry. Absolutely beautiful. Well, you know, I, I, I wanted them to be special, and I went online, and I did my research. I put in um, florist in his town, and then I looked at all of the um, reviews from the florist in his town, and I picked the florist with the greatest reviews, and I called them, and I explained, you know, I was from out of state, and I needed something very, very special, and they delivered. And so I went back and left them a wonderful review for me uh, for doing so. And they they deserved all those wonderful reviews that they got, and I understand why they had those those great reviews. So doing your homework, you know, and looking up reviews on, on need to do something out of town, actually, you know, helps. Um, take the, the few minutes it takes to do a little research on something like that. And 
They were. They were beautiful, and they were so nice. The lady even called me the next morning to make sure she had all the names correct, you know, very, you know, attention to detail oriented and wanted to make sure they had everything down to the T correct and just very sweet people. So I was so happy with everything. Um, Just wanted to let Paul know that, you know, we were all thinking of him and we were all there with him in spirit and that Taurus did it for us. So thank you. Job Cherry. I know we only have a couple minutes, so I just want to say not confirmed, but they're saying June 22nd, Cherry, is going to be the premiere of Big Brother 18. Yay. Can't wait. That's that's a little bit earlier than normal, so hmm, I wonder why. Hmm. I also want to say, Big Brother related, that without this amazing person thinking that I was amazing and special, if it wasn't for him, we would not be here right now. I would not have been with my cherry pie and my Paul and all you guys and having all these experiences and being on Manic Monday. My casting uh, person for Big Brother, his birthday is today, and that's Ted Sherman Horn. Um, Happy birthday to you. I love you. Thank you so much for finding something in me and just seeing what America needed to see. But they need to see more. Hello. Plug, Cherry. Put me back. Wow. Put me in, Coach. I'm ready to play today. Look at me. <laughs> anyway. Um, let's I want everybody quick. to go and donate to Michelle Costa. Please, I you. need it. I'm halfway there. Jimmy Tarantino and to E.J. Snyder. To all three of them, please go donate whatever you can. It's going to breast cancer, and it's going to a wonderful place called Michelle's Place. And they not only help out the person with breast cancer, they help out the entire family who is going through this with them. They do everything they can, from wigs to helping out the family to helping out the person with cancer. They do everything. 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 So... If you can afford five dollars, two dollars, a dollar, twenty bucks, whatever you can afford, please go donate to Michelle, to Jimmy Tarantino, to EJ Snyder, to your favorite reality star, and no if you one... want to spread it up because you don't. Maybe they don't want to pick and choose, Cherry. They can split it up. Five here, yeah, five there, can... five there, everywhere. Exactly. We've got to close it, though. We've got 90 seconds. Michelle, okay, thanks so much. Quick. I've got to close it out. Wait, no, we don't have quick. time, baby. Dale Wentworth from San Juan Del Sur will be on next week, and Chopper of the Biker Dog and Mark Schaefer will be on next week. Go ahead, Charlie. We've got to take it out. Here's Ron to close the show. Good night, everybody. God bless. Thanks Good for being guys. with us. Good night, guys. Here's Ron to close the show. Love you guys. I want to finish off the show with a little music and say to all of my listeners, thank you guys, and thank you all for coming in.
bless you, and thank you for listening to the show. And it was a great one. Make sure you're here next Monday. Another great show with two great guests coming up. That's a wrap for tonight. Michelle, say good night. Good night. Good night. Don't let the bed bugs bite in your vagina. (laughs) Have a great week, everybody. God bless. God love you guys.